hello. Hello. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, business and how we do business and how how can someone else do business. But really, I just want to want to talk for those of you that don't know Mr. Slick. I mean, I know Mr. Slick inside and out. So do I. Um, <laughs> and so, but like real quick, like in a in a snapshot, what's your uh, what's your story, Mr. Slick? Um, the Johnny Slick story. In a nutshell. Your that's story. my let's, story let's, let's not go Johnny Slick yet let's my go. personal story yeah, yeah. Where, where are you coming from um, what time period do you want me to start at we'll see about 25 years ago um, see about 25 years ago I was born in Jersey um, super creative kid you know that's that's uh, fast forward about 22 years later um, <laughs> no I mean I was uh... is, this, is this good now so good. Yeah, you're you're kind of you're good. Okay, where do you want me to start? Just like uh, this is a business, so let me talk about business. No, like who? Are you, what's your story? Give me your you know 120 second, like where you came from, what you did before Johnny Slicks. Before Johnny Slicks, um, well, I could start at the Marine Corps because that's pretty much where I decided everything no, in, in my life. Did you get in trouble when you were a kid? Were you a, were you a straight A student? I got okay, so I got in trouble, but I got in trouble in secret. You never got caught. I did, yeah, I never got caught. So I guess I never got in trouble, Were I guess. Were like you like the leader of like, um, see, this is showing I didn't really go to school. So maybe like the leader, leader of the prep rally? Or no, like the, the prep rally. Yeah. That was like go-to as tell my parents I'm going to the prep rally. And then, I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, tell you I'm going to the prep rally and then like go off with my little gang and do some you skateboarding in, stuff. You weren't in the club. So I, actually, my school had a skate club. I was a skateboarder, so skateboard. I was in the skateboard club. Okay. In which case, which as a as, club, as being in a club, it's cool. The nurse was the head. <laughs> if that, <laughs> yeah, it was more of like we have skateboarders in the school. Let's acknowledge that. Hey, like nurse, they're gonna get hurt, so you be the head of the skateboard club. Yeah. But I think when I was when I was when I was in high school, I think skateboarding was. I'm pretty sure it was still a crime. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm from Jersey. It still is up there. No. Yeah. Right. You can't. Hence the reason for the club. All right, so yeah. you, you you finally somehow you graduate high school. Oh uh, yeah, thanks to my wife. <laughs> okay. She did all my homework for me. That's why you married her. Well, no, but I mean it helped in her case. It, it was you know that was a bullet point she can put down for. And then. Yeah, and then um, after after um, thankfully graduating high school, I joined the Marine Corps and came straight down to North Carolina, Camp Lejeune, and. Uh, And uh, just you know, did Marine Corps stuff. Uh, became an armor, and uh, 2012. So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm young. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all fun. Yeah, we we actually high fived. You you don't remember, um, but we high fived on the way. You were out. You were out. I was in. Yeah, it was about. It was the same time, right? You were October when you were getting out. Like it, like actual paperwork. Yeah, I joined late September. So weird. Yeah, that's okay. Anyway, yeah, joined 2012. Um, did Marine Corps stuff for a while, and uh, I was an armorer, so I did gun gun stuff. But I was a nice. I was an. I was one of the nicest armorers in the entire Marine Corps. Did you enjoy your time in Marine Corps? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Now, now that I look bad at it, yeah, now I enjoyed it, which is which is counterproductive because I didn't when I was doing it. You know, just like any other Marine. Um, but I enjoy it. You were an I. Armor. You were like the guy that was having to get up at. 
2 a.m. Okay, so this is what something a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand is that when you're going to the field at 3 a.m. and you go to pick up your rifles at 3 a.m. at the armory, yeah, the armory's open. Like, we're not goblins. We don't live there. We're not trolls. We have to wake up really early, start the process to open it, do an inventory count, open all the racks, and then pass out your weapons, and then... Working day is normally an hour or so out, so we just stay in there and just do armory stuff. Mainly YouTube. I'm not going to lie. A lot of YouTube. A lot of YouTube. And then it got banned. You had a pretty cool deployment, right? Yeah, so I went I went over on um, the Black Sea Rotational Force. I got to do a lot of traveling, which is really fun. Um, I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, I used that. That is where I, I think I got a lot of my life experience. Um with overseas and dealing with different countries and seeing where other countries are in regards to our country and then coming back and seeing, yeah. And I think, I think that's why, um, a lot of people in the Marine Corps mature faster is because, well, in, in the military in general is because we travel and then we get to see aspects and perspective from other individuals around the world. And we're not just stuck in the American perspective of, you know, First class, first world type thing. I mean, I love this travel. I think that uh, I think it, it does twofold. One, it makes me some things in America. I'm just like, oh my goodness, you guys are ridiculous. Like, this is not a problem. Why is this a problem? Yeah, why is this yeah. a problem? And the other things, and the, and the other way, it also makes me appreciate this country even more. Absolutely, like the, way, the way that we oh, do yeah. things. You know, like, the fact that we take so much pride in our flag alone yeah. is like something that we should just, not take for granted. You just like, don't see that. you don't see it. Like in other countries, they don't really care care enough yeah. to. Yeah. So, so what, uh, so let's bring us to business. So you got out mm-hmm. and then like you just opened Johnny six and, and became super successful. Yeah. Just like that. It just happened overseas. Yeah. It just happened overnight. You know, I woke up and I was like, dang, I'm, I'm, uh, got a business here. No. Um, it all started with a problem. Um, my hair was thinning and I didn't know what to do about it. So I took it upon myself to find out what to do about it. So, um, I did some research into the products I was using and found out that they had bad ingredients that were causing me to have thin hair. And then, um, I was, I just was like, what's the other option for me? You know, this is a problem and nobody's going to solve it for me. So let me solve it on my own. Looked into the ingredients and, um, the term organic is used a lot, but true organic is what landed you in barber school though first. Well, no, te- I mean, technically, no, I was still in. Okay. I was still in when my hair was thinning. Um, that photo you saw of me, okay. that's around when it happened. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was still in. And actually, I remember the moment when um, I was walking down. So I don't know if you remember on armories, but they have the the um, the backup for, for the seven tons to back right up to the door so you can put the heavy machine guns on it. Um, I had a buddy who was standing up on top of that, and I walked down off that catwalk, and he said, hey, man. I could see the crown of your scalp. Like you, you're losing your hair. You got your receding hair going on. And, um, I remember that and I thought he was kidding. I went to the house the next, actually that next morning is when I realized that there was a problem when I saw my hair. Um, but I was still in, I think it was uh, June of 2016. So I was transitioning out. Um, and then I, I just started looking at ingredients and, uh, that's where I started barber school because I was like all the research I did about products, I was like, it'd be really cool if I can incorporate this into a business. I didn't know, I didn't at the time think I would do my own products. I thought maybe I can just educate people because that's really what I wanted to do is no one educated me. I had to look it up on my own. And I know it's a very common problem is hair loss. So I was like, 
I'll just do barbering and become a subject expert again on another subject so and just educate. Educate people yeah. through that. Um, yeah. yeah, so I went to barber school. Not the path for me. Absolute <laughs> wrong path for me. Um, I do not like – I'm not going to say the culture. I'm not I'm not going to say that because it's different everywhere. But I, I just it, – it wasn't right for me, you know? Like I knew it just wasn't right for me. So um, luckily in the barber textbook, it talks about product use. Um and unfortunately, in the product in the barber industry, barbers want to use the cheaper products because you do how many heads a day? You know, you cut so many, so you're not going to spend a lot of money on the personal product. It's bulk, yeah, exactly. Um, so we got pushed a lot of these big name company brand uh, products, and I was just not really down with it. Um, so it, just, I mean, it just wasn't right for me. I'm not going to go too much into that, but uh, barbering just wasn't it. Just wasn't for me. So. Um, I, while the rest of my time in barber school, I did use all of that time to just sit in the classroom and read and study research. And, um, I went to, I went to school at night and, uh, during the day I was working at a gas station and even at the gas station, I was researching and, and doing stuff. Cause it was, it became my passion. It, it was something that I knew once I was introduced to it, that it's what I wanted to do. And so I think that's where like the real key, like light bulb comes on is when you find something that you're passionate about, which yeah. is difficult to find, but you will never do it unless you just start doing a bunch of stuff and then you figure something yeah. in your brain and you're like, I'm, this is what I want to do. It's kind of like with any other process. You, you do something and then you realize that that wasn't right. It's a failure, but it's not something to stop. Like you're not going to stop there. You're going to continue looking and branching out to different things. And then once you find your passion, all those other tries just become like a lab. It's yeah. a formula, you know? So like, that's the formula. Now it's your passion and like nothing can stop you. But if you let that failure stop you, you're, you'll never find your passion type of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once I, once I started doing that, making my own product, um, started, I started the process of that. Absolutely terrible. My wife will tell you the same thing. She would come home and I'd be cooking in the kitchen. I say cooking, but making the, the product. Um, I'd be making the products in the kitchen and it would be like, like she'd walk into the house and it'd be like a cloud of smoke and it would smell something awful. And I'd be like screaming, like get out of the house, fire extinguisher on the stove type thing. It was not fun. It wasn't a good transition there for her to walk in on it. Um, cause she's trying to come home and relax and there's a fire in the kitchen now, you know? Um, you guys are young, right? You get out and you're, you guys are young. Yeah, I did four years. I got out in 2016. So 18 plus four. Yeah. 22. I got out like going on 22. So you were 22 and she was 21. And you're just out there trying to make a living. Just trying to find, well, trying to find my passion. Cause at the time I thought I would love the Marine Corps and it, that like, I did love the Marine Corps. I'm like, I said, I didn't, but it just, it, then again, it wasn't, it wasn't the path I wanted. I wasn't passionate about it. So then I thought barbering was, wasn't my passion. So I was getting really frustrated cause I wasn't, and then I ended up at a gas station and, yeah. uh, during TRS, during the transition, I was told that my worth is $20 an hour and that my resume should be like three pages long and no one will say no to me. And there I am working at a gas station across from my house, making seven twenty-five an hour. Yeah, and I, w- I had to really humble myself. And then at the same time, too, um, I just got out. I spent every penny I had on my um, on the on the ingredients. But then you get um, what's it called, terminal pay? Yeah. Yeah, I used my terminal pay. I saved up my leave and I spent all that in um, jars, ingredients, stuff like all that stuff, and. Um, all got burnt up in the kitchen because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so we went to go sell plasma, which is a whole another part of the story. But, um, yeah, we were just really stuck and we didn't know what to do. 
Um, Rebecca was getting about my wife, Rebecca, she was getting like fed up with me doing my quote unquote passion of making grooming products, you know? Um, not that she ever doubted me or didn't believe in me, but it was like, okay, you got to find a job. Like you got to find a real job. Like, Like, yeah, you can't, you can't be working at a gas station and, and we have this house and you can't be doing this. Like this, this has become, this more is becoming a hobby. And, um, with all the research I did and everything, I, I couldn't I couldn't be more passionate about it. You know, I was spending every second I could uh, researching molecules and and mixing and stuff. It was very frustrating. Even if I had to, like, I enjoyed. I used to drive a lot to school because I did. You know, my schooling was like forty five minutes away, and then I had to go down to Jacksonville, and it would, I did a lot of driving. So while driving, I was listening to um, YouTube videos and anything I can in regards to my passion to products and science and chemistry. Um, and if I wasn't doing that, I was really, I was really short. I was frustrated. Um, but then it came to the point where we didn't have any money. So, um, yeah, there's a place called BioTest where you can sell your plasma. And if you have vaccinations, which I did, thank you, Marine Corps, um, you get paid more. So I was going in there twice a week making, like $50 a pop each time. So a hundred dollars a week for my plasma. I don't know what they do with it at the time. I didn't care, whatever. I'm not using it. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. Every penny went into the business too. Like I would leave there and just go straight to Walmart. Cause I didn't know about outsourcing and manufacturers and stuff. I didn't know, you know? Um, yeah, I just went there and I, I bought like my beeswax and like, like these little ingredients. I, th- I used to think that Vaseline was a big thing for grooming products. Do not use it. If any of you guys are passionate, do not use Vaseline. It's, it's rubber. But anyway, um, we did we did the biotest thing for a while um, and finally figured the formula. Finally, I remember um, I actually have a jar back there. You showed me the very first pomade. Disgusting. It is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. I don't know how it's still good in that jar. I'm scared to open the jar. It's probably going to be good forever. Maybe, but I don't want to risk that, you know, because what if, like, you know, uh, what was that movie when they opened The Mummy and The Mummy just disintegrates? Yeah, that's what I'm scared is going to happen when I open that thing. But, yeah, and um, I hit a Eureka moment with the palmade, and um, everything just kind of fell into place there. Um, Not not on its own. Obviously, there was hard work that make it fall into place, and everything was kind of – I mean, at the time, it was haphazardly falling into place, though, because I didn't know anything about infrastructure. But, um, yeah, there was a – I was a not a not for structure. Did I say no for structure or not for structure? I had no for structure. No for structure. Yeah. Um, I didn't though. I didn't know if money was coming in because I worked at the time I worked at a barbershop too. Um, I was a receptionist and that was a cash paying job. And I took the cash from there and bought supplies. But then any money I made. Oh, it was, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. Hopefully, luckily she's not here to give me, look at me right now. But, um, I took that money and on top of that, uh, any money I was making on biotest and any money that the products were making was all going into the products. But also at the same time too, I was driving places and using my personal card and I didn't have a, 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 a business account. I didn't have anything. Everything was just going into my personal account. You weren't even so, no, and I had disability coming in, which I used on products. And then there were times where, since it was just a big pot, whatever I needed in my day to day, I just reached into this big pot of money. That you know, obviously, no it wasn't no. it wasn't a big pot of money. It was like more like a little jack o' lantern Halloween trick or treat <laughs> bucket, you know, with like nickels and dimes in it. But that's what I would reach into um, to buy house supplies and product supplies or anything, gas for the car. Yeah. Um, and there were there was a time when we drove to. Uh, 
to Connecticut for a barber expo. And, um, yeah, that came out, that came out of the, the little bucket, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to do with it. And that literally, I know that was a business trip. You know, I went up there to hand out my products and I couldn't afford a booth. So I literally carried around a little briefcase and just handed out product to people. So you had to make a ton of money. Yeah, right. I was rolling in money. I didn't make a single dime. I think that trip actually lost me with food and everything, probably about $450 just like on food and gas. And then of course, all the time it, it was a whole weekend gone, you know, that I lost rather than being at the barbershop doing receptional receptionist stuff, receptual, um, rather than doing that and making that money, I was spending it on gas and food and driving up to Connecticut. Um, it, it was not, it wasn't fun. And yeah, no for structure. Sure. I mean, yeah. I got a picture taken with somebody. <laughs> I mean, that's something that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after that, uh, everything was just rolling, like just going, going about making the products. And I was trying to find a way to make it big. I, I like, I, I knew I had the product. People were telling me I had the and product. At this point, I remember you had, you had your jars you had yep. a label-ish sort of thing. You had some branding. Yeah. So the jars, the jars were a fixed thing, and I remember talking to you about that when when we when we met. But the jars were fixed because of the amber coloring it, it right. increases you shelf life naturally. Yeah, that's yeah. part of the science thing. So I had that. Did not know the labels. I think I was ordering my labels through like in a, in a company in Canada. I can't remember the name of them, but and they were so expensive. They were like two dollars a sticker. That's so crazy. That's nuts. Like looking at it now, it's just a top label. It's not even a side label. It didn't have ingredients. Didn't have directions. Didn't have the side. Didn't have anything on it. Just my name and the it fragrance. Was a decal. Yeah. No. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a decal for two dollars a pop. Yeah. On a product that I was selling for ten dollars. The jars were uh, in total to make one product. It cost me about seven dollars to make one jar of pomade for ten. Yeah. But also, I would I would deliver them if somebody wanted. So if a barbershop wanted to buy 10 of them, um, you were stoked. I was so happy. But the thing is, it, to make that $1,000, it cost me 700 to make them. And then on top of that, I had to drive to them. And then um, when I would show up, they'd be like, ah, we actually only need five. And then I would try to upsell. Um, so I'd end up giving them a discount. So I would lose money. I would end up losing money. I'd give them to him for like six fifty, seven dollars at cost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were guys, and it, I mean, it was on their fault. Yeah, yeah. I know. Don't make that face. I, I know. Look, man, it was a struggle, man. It was a struggle, man. It worked. Something worked. Anyway, yeah, I would do that. Um, somebody would shoot me their address and be like, hey, I'm, I'm super interested. And this would be all on Instagram. Nothing would be e- through email because uh, personal information. So I actually did pass on my personal phone number, too, to certain people, too, which was absolutely terrible. Um, but people would uh, Instagram me and say, I want to buy 30 of your palmates or 50 of your palmates. And I would be like – super excited. I couldn't sleep that night. Cause I'm like, this is going to be so big, like cash money, you know? And they're like, but we need you to deliver. It's in Raleigh. And I was like, Oh, I can't, I don't know how to ship that many things. So I'll just drive there. I'm not doing anything. I don't have a job, you know, like I, Barbara's school. Yeah. I like to drive, you know? Um, I enjoy it actually. It's my thinking time now. Um, so I drive two hours, two and a half hours up to Raleigh, go and find out that the, the owner's not even there. The shop's closed and they're not answering their phone. So, uh, yeah, guess what? I got to come back tomorrow, I guess. I don't know. So I drive back home. This has happened. Not lying. This has happened. Drive back home, super upset, like fr- super frustrated. But I'm like, I don't want to t- 
tell the owner, you know, that he can, you know, go pound sand because maybe something happened, emergency. And I, you know, I don't want to just jump on it because this is a big sale. So I drive the next day. He is there. He doesn't want 30 or 50. I, I can't remember which one it was. He only wants 10 and he wants to sample two for free. Cool. I'm like, d- like I have driven eight hours in total for this, <laughs> for this on, on days that I could be working at the barbershop or selling plasma or anything. Um, and that's, that was really, really the struggle. But at the time I'm, I'm thinking about it now at the time I was like super stoked. I was like, this is it. This is like, I'm going to make money doing this, man. This is, I can do it. Yeah, this is fine. And then, um, fast forward a little bit, I'm at the barbershop and, uh, um, I reached out to, um, a friend of yours. Yeah. And, uh, and he says that his, you know, his beard's too big. And, um, at the time, you know, obviously, cause my cost was so high for these products. I couldn't, I couldn't be giving him this much oil for his beard. I, he did have a big beard. Well, he does. Um, I couldn't be doing that for free. You know, that's just not, you know, I'm doing all this driving and stuff and it's really wearing on me. Um, and then he says, well, go, go check out this guy. And he, he sends me, um, your Instagram. So I message you and, um, I can't remember. I think it was a Sunday. I messaged you. I was in the bar. I was literally in the barbershop and I messaged you and I sent you like this, like, you know, you know, the collaboration guys on Instagram where they reach out to you and you're like, Hey, we want to collaborate. That was me to you. And I'm sorry for doing that, but, um, I'm going to look in it right now. I'm going to go and see if I can find like the original. That'd be really funny. I think I wrote it super professional too. So, um, I don't, it was on the Johnny Slicks page. Yeah. So, uh, I did have the Johnny Slicks page. I had like the page was named Johnny Slicks. Um, I bought the URL for Johnny Slicks and, um, I had, yeah, which was like, I did something right. You know, I did plan on doing a website on my own, but then once I bought the URL and I had, uh, honestly, I can't remember what's a website builder. GoDaddy, do they build websites? Do they offer yeah, they've themes? Got a, they've got a couple weird yeah. Once I had that, I can't remember which one it was, but once I had it, um, it was like absolutely terrible. Nothing, nothing worked. Like I would try and click and now I just get super frustrated and then it would make me not want to do a website. And then it made me think about how if somebody on Instagram messaged me and said, I want to try your product. I said, awesome. Come on by, you know, the barbershop. I work here from Friday to Saturday to Sunday. Um, and he said, no, I'm in California. I said, oh crap. Like I, that means I have to go to the post office and ship something to them, right? Um, I don't know what shipping rates are. Who who who, know, who knows shipping rates, right? You have to have a you know ship station or another uh, processor to do that. Um, so I would go to the they they want one pomade, right? So I'd sell it to them for ten dollars, charge them seven for shipping, go to the post office. Um, really, I only made ten dollars on this purchase. Shipping to California is like fourteen fifty for normal consumer. Yeah. So I'd lose money doing that all the time. Um, I think I had like, like I, like we talked about before my, my biggest month I've ever had, um, in gross was $300 and my whole, my whole month together gross was $300. Did you find it? You're looking, you're laughing like yeah. you found it. Is it bad? Don't, don't embarrass me. You did blow me off. I blew you off for a while. A, little, a while. Yeah, it was a while. Three months. And then I blew you off. Uh, I guess another month after that. Yeah. And then, right. And I'm right down the street, man. Yeah. It was, yeah I was I, like, what is this guy so busy? I saw it and I was just like, nah, pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's how it went. And that's how I felt like it did. And I didn't expect anything big to come of it. You know, I was just reaching out. 
just for you to try the stuff and see if maybe I can get a foot in something or, you know, because I knew who you were. Well, I mean, uh, everybody knows what it is. Just pass me something, you know, just give me a chance, man. Um, But I I felt like after the Marine Corps, well, during the Marine Corps, I acquired it, but a a really mature work ethic um, where I don't let anything really stop me from obtaining a goal, even if it's not my goal. That's that's the thing, even with my stuff, like, you know, you message – you message a hundred people and if, if three respond and give you a thumbs up and then you make something happen from there and then, then you got three, yeah. you got three businesses or three persons that are, that are going to work with you or, or, you know, advertise with you. I mean, it could be anything Buy your stuff, Yeah. you know, but okay, if that works and that means you need to message another hundred and another hundred and another hundred, but people don't really realize like how much effort it takes. They're like, yeah. do you think it's just going to happen organically or overnight because you're, I'm awesome. So do it. No, yeah. man. Like that's not going to be. It's gonna nobody's going to be. Nobody's going to invest in you like you invest in you, and nobody's going to be as happy for your success as you are f- happy for your success. So, your quality and how much you think you're worth, not another single person on the face of the earth thinks you're worth that. You have to. You have to fight. You have to show. Yeah. You have to prove it, and even then, you still think you're worth more than other people think you're worth. So it's like. If I and that comes with entitlement and all that, that all, all that's kind of summed up together. But I'm not going to reach out to you and be like, I'm a super stand up dude. I have a great work ethic. I was in the Marine Corps. Blah 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 blah. You should work with me because I'm entitled to this and I'm a hard worker. Um, that's not how it is. Like you have to humble yourself. So real quick, I'm going to fast forward here. So real quick, you you made Johnny Slicks in one year. So obviously this was it had been going on for. Uh, 16 to 2016 we linked up february 2018 so i was doing it my own for about two years so so the store went live march march 7th 2018 2018. that's at 5 p.m in one year you made over a hundred thousand yeah yeah from march 7th to march 7th actually was on the dot dot. it was like a hundred a hundred thousand and seven dollars or something it was like on the dot so talk about that first year in that was all trial and error 100 percent trial and error but you 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 helped i mean it wasn't just me obviously but go ahead with your your question from your perspective in business as a young business owner as a 24 year old entrepreneur with that had found his passion um how was that first year and and if, if you could go look back and tell yourself a year prior to march 7th 2018 what would you say um, knowing that you broke six figures, that's a, that's a really, okay. So I'll tell you my, my initial feeling based off of, if I can think of one word to describe 2018, the first year confused, <laughs> I can, I can use that word. And, um, there are a lot of things people don't tell you about business that happen in business. And a lot of it is very confusing. And, yeah, and I think that's a, that is something that needs to be dispelled is people, people think that other people have it all figured out. They see somebody yeah. successful and they go, all oh, these guys know exactly what they're doing. And there's like, there's some truth to that. Like we have an idea, but really it comes out that nobody has a clue what they're doing. Not really. It's no. all trial and error. And the reason why it's trial and error is because it's constantly changing. Like every day something is changed yeah. where you have to adapt to it. So everybody, even people at the biggest levels, they're just figuring it out. Now, yeah. Do they figure it out better? Do they have a team? Do they have analytics? Do they have? There's a lot of different tools. Experience. That. Experience. They can feel things one way or the other. They have, you know, they can see things coming. 
But at the end of the day, we're all just figuring things out. That's really how it is. And then you got obviously got twists and turns, things that are thrown at you that you have to deal with, um, legal wise, money wise, financial wise, um, government wise. You have a lot of things that are thrown at you. But really, um, yeah, I would describe the first year as confused, <laughs> mainly because I didn't understand what happened and how it was happening so quickly. I knew that if you have something to stand on, so obviously Johnny Slicks, we had a very good structure built, you know, because we practically started over. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really what everything was built off of. Um, But without a firm structure or something, and I, I can say structure as in we have good products, right? So if we did not have good products, the growth could have been there, but then immediate fall. So you have to have quality quality when it comes to what your business stands on. And if you don't, then it's not, you're like, it's going to be quick growth, but like fake growth, you know, it's just going to fall right then and there. Um, And there, like, if I can go back, if I could tell myself, if I can go back and tell myself um, something, I honestly, I honestly think I would just watch. I don't think I would say anything mainly because I feel like how I did it, put me here and I'm scared the butterfly effect thing, you know, I'm scared if I, please don't do play. Like I would look at myself and shake my head and be like, you are an idiot. Like stop, stop doing that. Don't do that. That's a horrible decision. Um, I I think I would, I think honestly I would just watch. I don't think I would change or tell myself to do anything. Because I think people want to do things differently or they want to do things better, but it's those hard times and those, and those lessons that, you have to kind of go through to get to get to the good stuff because if you um, if if you forego those failures and you forego those mess ups, you never really learn from those. And and then you at, at the end of the day, you have to you have to you have to learn from those mess ups. Yeah, I think mess ups are very very important to do because without them. You don't really have anything. Say, say you have. Say you don't mess up anywhere in life, right? Do you really value any success that you are given or have? Um, if you if you never mess up, you don't have anything to compare your success to. So people that look at you and say that dude's successful, you don't really see it that way because you've never failed. You know, like it's just it's it's really important to fail and not look at failure as a stopping point, more of a push harder. So do you think that over your first year did you think you think you fell throughout that first year? Uh, of twenty eighteen? Hell yeah, I failed. Are you kidding me? I failed so many times. I'm still failing. Like hard. Like there's things where I wake up and I'm like, that was a dumb decision. Um obviously now that we have a team, failure is more crucial, not in a positive way, but it can be detrimental because it can stop other people from growth as well. Um, but y- yeah, I mean, luckily we have a team. So when I fail, other people can correct it or advise against future decisions and use things as experience. Um, but yeah, I I think the first year, looking back now, I didn't understand, and you taught me scaling, um, which is something I'm still learning, um, how to scale things properly in business. Um, you know, if we're making five sales or five per sales a day, say hypothetically we do 500, can I still produce and do what I'm doing in the same time frame? 
respectfully, can I still do that? And at the time I was like, oh, he's just talking, you know, like, oh, that doesn't, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Those 500 orders really <laughs> a day came quickly where it was like, I was blown away and I didn't know what to do. Right. Yeah. And you, you, you warned me. Um, and that's, that's where having a good team, having an experienced, you know, mentor and somebody else and learning. Um, but that, I think that was a major fail of my 2018 It's not, is not understand one, not listening to you, but two, not understanding scaling properly. Um, not preparing for scaling is, is a very big thing. And I think and I, I fell think on that. Something that, you know, Allie and I talk about a lot too, is, is the, the thought process of, um, speaking into believing. So like, yeah, telling you get ready because the, the flood is coming um, and just believing that. And I think entrepreneurship, even if it doesn't happen, you have to believe in yourself and believe that. It's- I mean, what, what's the saying that we said in the Marie Corps? Fal- false belief is better than no belief. Like you're in false hope is better than no, no, no belief. It's like you're in the field and then the rumor starts that, Hey, we're getting out of the field two days early. (laughs) It's not true, but it's false hope. It feels good though. Yeah. Yeah. Or like we've been running for, or we've been rucking for 22 miles. We're almost there. We're not, but it's false hope to keep you going. Yeah. No, I, I completely get it where it's like, if you don't believe that something's going to happen, it's most likely it's not going to happen. And even if it does happen, you're not going to, you're not going to take credit and you're not going to use that. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you, you speak it and believe it and then when it happens you realize it and use that as learning one of the things that i uh, i got to bring up is is we we talk a lot about money and making money and uh, and trying to make the business grow right yeah and that first year you really took the bare minimum to live to survive what rule was that i don't remember what rule rule we four a, yeah we did a video a while back called uh, how we built the six figure or s- six steps to build a six figure business. Yeah. 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 I think it was rule number four or five yeah. of not taking but a you, fat paycheck. Yeah. I think that, I think that's a, a solid lesson for people to learn is, you know, you make a thousand dollars, you don't take yeah. that thousand dollars and put it in your pocket. You don't, I mean, you make a thousand dollars, you might as well take, you know, a thousand of it and put it back into the business. Don't take a dime. Don't take a penny. Yeah. If you can, if you can survive like that. Yeah. And you did it for a while. You you were moonlighting Johnny Slick for the first couple months, and then still working a full time job, kind of dual hatting. Oh man! Until honestly, and, and we were fortunate enough for for us that we we, we really doubled down. And as we, I, love, I look like I say around here, we tripled the lux it. Tripled the lux. Yeah, we we tripled the lux it, and uh, you had to leave the job. Yeah. It was really came down to like yeah, we, just we needed you more time in the lab and more time on marketing and. Uh, but for those few months, you, you, you didn't. Yeah. I, I lived off of, I lived off of other stuff, but it doesn't, I didn't like lose attention towards my passion. I just, I didn't want, if you're trying to take, if you're trying to watch something grow or you're trying to help something grow, you're not going to take from it. You, gotta water it. you have to water it and you have to make sure now say hypothetically, you need some water. Um, yeah, take what you need to survive. You need four drops, five drops to survive, but take the rest and feed that plant because you want that to grow. And then eventually when it's a tree and it can seek its own food, you can now reap on the benefits of the water of sourcing yourself and growing yourself. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think everything kind of fell into place. It was kind of, it's kind of weird. It's like the universe wanted Johnny Slicks to happen. Yeah. Everything kind of happened all, all in, in like ducks in a row type thing. And, um, domino effect, I guess. 
And uh, yeah, it, it just kind of came to the point where I think you taught me that too. Is um, you don't tell me everything, but um, like you don't take money from something if you want to see something be successful. You know, like you have to you have to sacrifice, and that's the biggest thing I think I've learned. Um, is what are you willing to sacrifice? And you hear people talk about it all the time. What are you willing to sacrifice? And right now what I'm sacrificing is sleep. Um, you know, uh, how you be successful. Yeah, good. I think, okay. So, but, but sleep, sleep more is a sacrifice of a voluntary sacrifice yeah, because the time is I was, like, I was going to bring that up. Like you, what is your, your work hours in a day look like? For giant oh man. Okay. So this is a no, I'm not lying at all. Um, from moment I wake up, um, what time do I wake up? I wish Rebecca was here. She could tell me anywhere from seven to eight, you know, just naturally waking up. Um, from moment I wake up, this is, this is, this is Johnny Slick speaking and he wakes up from 7am to 8am every morning. Um, but granted I go to sleep like midnight. So, you know, whatever. And I don't actually fall asleep till like two, three anyway. So from moment I wake up, grab my phone, guess what? You got, you got 28 messages to answer on Facebook and 32 on, on Instagram, whatever. Cool. Start my morning like that. Answering customers, um, you know, get the morning started, right. Get out of bed after I'm done answering these people. By the time I'm walking to the bathroom, people are responding. I swear these guys are always awake. The slicksters are, they're always awake somehow. They don't sleep. And you know, maybe that's my influence, but, um, I'm walking to the bathroom, getting ready to morning routine, still answering customers, you know, listening to some music, get dressed, go downstairs, go out, head to the office. By the time I get to the office, I'm already, you know, done answering maybe, I would say maybe on average about 40 customers uh, through Instagram, through social media in general, get to the office, um, start making products, right? Start prepping and making products, um, doing admin in between while things are cooling, while things are being prepped, uh, you know, um, you know, just doing admin stuff in between um, where I can, you know, emailing manufacturers, ordering supplies, uh, inventory control, all that stuff. Um, 6 p.m. rolls around around 6 p.m. Um, start to start to close up shop. Now things always pop up during closing. Um, somebody, she also comes in and, and tries She's to like, force okay, me out. Yeah. Um, but then normally that's around six, 7 PM. Um, sometimes Mondays and Tuesdays, sometimes I'm, st- I'm here until eight thirty nine ish. It depends. It really depends if, there, if stuff has to get done. And of course with black Friday coming up, um, zero sleep, but so we were, look, we were really looking at a 12 to 14 hour day. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, because I'm on my phone from when I wake up to when I go to bed. Yeah, so depending on the day, I mean, you're working 12 to 14 hours. Yeah, I would say that, yeah. And then you don't really take weekends off either. No, uh, well, no, no. I would like to, (laughs) but no, there's that's that's something that can't happen for another five years. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Negotiate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How is how is having adding a person into the in the kitchen in the lab changed? So it's I don't I want to I don't want to insult Tom, but multiplicity. <laughs> it's like duplicating yourself, but having one guy that's a little bit less than you because he doesn't know everything you know. He's learning. Um, he's not the pizza liquor, (laughs) but he also isn't an exact clone of you. Um, he, yeah. So, and I'm sorry, Tom, but, um, it's kind of funny. Uh, So it's awesome because I can now focus on 
product development, which is something that I strive to do. Um, I always love making new things and, and working towards new you know, innovation or innovative products. Um, so having it, some, having people in here to help me along the process and take take my hands, have more hands in the mix is fantastic. It, it definitely saves time. The key is like having the, building the right team. Yeah, is is building a team. Uh, the right people on the, the people right people that believe, and I'm not talking about spiritual religion. I'm talking about goal goal sets. People that believe in the same things you believe, and the same same people that are like minded when it comes to goals and uh, structure of how they work. Yeah, so it's my like dad said something about employees uh, the other day. He's like, you can teach people to do work. You can't teach people to care. Yeah, true. Like you yeah. can't teach people to care. And when you find someone who cares about their work and cares about your business, you kind of hold on to those people. And, and they're a part of family. Yeah. 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 And that comes and and luckily since Johnny Six, we're so transparent, we tell our story, we tell how we started, we tell what we're going through. Um, we're very open to our customers and what we do with our products and how we make them and all that stuff. So people care because they know us, they get to know us, which we're, we're, we're lucky. That's how, that's how we are to our customers. You know, I wouldn't say luck. I wouldn't say luck. We chose, we chose to be transparent. I mean, there's tons of companies that aren't. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's just the way that the, I think the way the internet and social media is going, if you want to be successful, you have to be authentic and tra- kind of transparent. Yeah. And people want the, people want the real deal. They want day-to-day activities. They want to know what's going on. What's going on. Yeah. They don't want and, you to lie. And, um, so two things that to wrap this up, what, what is Johnny Slick's got? And uh, coming the end of this year. The end of this year. Um, what, what are you working on, Johnny? Oh, man. Um, what is this called? Twiddling fingers? No, that's not twiddling fingers. Mad scientist type? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> steepling? I could do an evil man laugh, but um, we have a whole nother line of products coming out, Mrs. Slicks, um, which is I'm, – I'm getting more excited. You've been working on it for a year. Yeah, and that has had – Three transformations. We have tried different names, different looks, different branding, different everything, and we finally got it, and I'm super excited for it. I think everybody is actually, but not as excited as me. Um, and then we have uh, shampoo, conditioner, new fragrances coming out and stuff like that. Um, more more product development, but also more – the more we grow, the more we want um, – the product lines to grow as well. So we want more products, more uh, options for the consumers and the customers to purchase. We want – your whole kit, your whole bathroom kit to be Johnny Slicks. So in order to do that, we need to start product development. Um, and that's really what we have coming to the end of the year. We have a, we have a lot of new products coming, new fragrances, and a whole other line of products, which and is massive. What's your personal goals moving in 2020? Personal goals kind of blur with business goals. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, okay, okay. Because I don't have a personal life anymore. <laughs> just, just fun fact. Um, goals for the business – Shoot, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Goals for the business. I know, I know, what, I know one goal that we're going to have for 2020. Do you want to tell me? Give me a hint. Give me a hint. We're going to break some ceilings. Break some ceilings. Break You're talking about milestones or literally yeah. breaking? Because we are running out of room. Yeah, we are. We're <laughs> this, this area here that we're in is is slowly, slow. we're slowly closing yeah, in. What's the Indiana Jones when they close? 2020 will be moving into your third year. And I think that we're going to go from... Yeah. To a, well, from six figure to two, another, second to year, number. second year, second year. Yeah. Cause we've been in business now for 20 months almost. So we'll be moving into, so we'll be moving into year two. No. This is, well, 18, I'm really 19. bad at math. Hold on. 18, we'll be, 19. We'll be moving into our third year. We'll be in business for two years going into our third year. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. Whew, man. Believe me, I'm good at math. Just, yeah, just so take think, my word for I it. Think, you know, our, I think what we're, what we're going to look at is really knock 
Adding another number. Adding another digit. Yeah. No, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I mean, that sounds good to me, you know, (laughs) but it also, it also sounds like a lot of sacrifice, which goes along with whatever, everything I said, you know, everything has, if you want to grow, you need to sacrifice and in order to sacrifice, you have to grow. That is a, that is a objective. Okay. Yes. I am having loads of fun, but also, um, it's, it's a love hate. Uh, It's just like, I love, I love it. I I would not trade anything in the world for this at all. No, I wouldn't. Absolutely not. I'm not saying it's fun all the time. There's a lot of stress. Yeah. But you reap your own rewards. Like yeah. you, like for what you sow, yeah, you sow a lot and you put a lot of hard work into it, you're going to reap great benefits and great awesome like an awesome time. Hell no. I'd be I'd be I don't even know what I'd be doing right now, but you it wouldn't be this. Station. I'd be at the gas station. Actually, I'd be on year 4 at the gas station. Oh, probably sure. probably manager. <laughs> so not that managers at gas stations are bad at all, by any means. But that's just not—that's not what I wanted for my life. That's not what my goals were. And you know, I'm not—I'm not speaking bad about anyone who's a manager at a gas station. I'm just saying that that was not my goals, um, and and I wouldn't trade anything in the world for what I do right now. But if you want more, you got to do more. You have—you have to get up and do it. And what was that? Tom actually said this: um, the road never meets a man's feet. Yeah. type thing yeah. and it's a little confusing at first but the man has to meet the road the road doesn't meet the man so i, really like I love that quote yeah. yeah so in order to actually get stuff done you have to get up and put your feet down and start working you can't just just expect the road to be like coming to you no nobody's going to break down your door and say you want to be successful cool here it is yeah you have to be i want to be successful i want to do this with my life where can I start? How can I start this process and do it? That's it. Rad. So maybe I just use the word. I just use the. Uh... That's trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Slicks. It's '80s themed. So, so uh, yeah, Tom here, Johnny Slicks, talk about uh, on the business panel uh, at Bad Expo, October 25th through the 27th. Um, tickets are below. We have a dinner on the 25th, and then speakers all day on the 26th, and then some more stuff on the 27th. I think. But the links are below.